My name is Madison Barra and welcome to my podcast where it's all about teaching you how to lose weight, keep it off and actually enjoy the process. I've lost over 70 pounds and these are the failures and lessons I've learned along the way. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. So today I'm going to make this a nice quick and actionable call for you. I want you to have tactics that you can implement immediately. Um, and those tactics, I want you to be able to implement against um, against overcoming binge eating or compulsive cravings and things like that. These are actionable tips that you can do. And we're going to walk through the steps together today. And my goal is that by the end of the call, you're going to have a game plan for the next time one of these cravings hit. So first thing I wanted to find is like, what do I mean when I say binging or impulsive cravings? Okay. So whether you identify as having an emotional connection to food or not, our emotions control how we eat to some degree, right? We eat when we're stressed, we eat when we're sad, we eat when we're happy, we eat to celebrate, we eat to fill time, we eat to entertain us, etc. So there's some type of emotional connection to why and when and how much we're eating. So when I'm talking about binging or overeating or compulsive cravings, what I mean is you ate something you knew you shouldn't have that your body didn't need and you probably ate too much of it. Our body just did not need the calories. It just doesn't need the calories. It didn't need that much food sitting inside us or didn't need that type of food sitting inside us. It's not helping us in any way and it might actually be hurting us in some cases. So that is what I'm talking about. The habit where you either went overboard like crazy or you just had one bite of something when you told yourself you shouldn't or couldn't or wouldn't, okay? So that's the context of what we're talking about. Now, what I want you to think about right now is the last time you did overindulge or you binged or you emotionally ate. When was the last time you did that? Was it today? Was it yesterday? Was it two months ago? When did you, you know, um, perform eating habits you're not proud of or, you know, that could have been better or should have been better? And I want you to think back to how did that play out? So that time, how did that play out? What was the trigger? What was the decision in your head? And then how did you act it out? What exactly did you do? So for me, for my examples, I usually kind of get, um, go overboard in two scenarios usually. Scenario number one is restaurants, right? So restaurant, I, I never knew how to handle a restaurant or restaurants used to be the thing that would set me off and I just couldn't behave or I couldn't control myself or I couldn't practice moder moderation at restaurants. And so what would end up happening when I would go out for dinners, I would have an entree or no, I would have an appetizer, right? And usually I'd get my own appetizer. Someone else would get an appetizer. We'd share. So I'd have a full meal before my even meal, before my actual meal got there. Then I'd have an entree. And then of course I'd want bites of other people's entree plus my own entree with a nice big side, which was usually, you know, French fries or mashed potatoes. And then I'd get a dessert or two desserts. That's kind of how every restaurant played out for me. Appetizers, entrees, and desserts. I'd go crazy. By the time I was done, I was ready for a nap. I had to unbutton my pants and I felt really gross. I didn't sleep well because I was uncomfortably stuffed. I woke up really uh, groggy and lethargic the next morning because I didn't have a good sleep. And then, you know, because I started my day off, I was more likely to, guess what? Perpetuate the habit again and overeat in some way. So 
um, that was kind of one of the, of the bad habits that was always holding me back. I could never stay on track when I went out to restaurants. The other thing that would throw me off track is when somebody else would go off track. So I used to live in a house with 12 people. I moved in with my husband's family for a little bit and there was 12 of us in the house. And um, needless to say, there was lots of temptation, right? It's hard enough for a family of four, right? Because we're appeasing everybody. Everybody likes different snacks. It's hard enough. Now, now think about all the temptations that 12 people bring into the house. So um, one of the biggest temptations and downfalls for me was when somebody wanted to have a movie night. Guess what movie night meant? Snacks galore. So we would all, we'd all go out to the grocery store. We'd all pick our snacks. And we'd all throw them on the coffee table and then we would eat till our heart's content. Same idea as the restaurant, right? I was absolutely stuffed. I had a bunch of different foods that I didn't need. I had way too much of those foods. I wasn't monitoring monitoring my satiation levels. Was I full? Was I not? Did I need this? Did I not? I went like full on animal mode. Just eat because you're never going to get it again. You got to stock up for the winter because we're hibernating apparently. And I, and I, again, bad sleeps, which would roll into the next day. So those are the two, if I were to think about it, those were the two kind of habits that I, were always on repeat for me, right? When I would be really good, I was motivated, I would be losing weight. Those would be the things that would throw me off. So for you, what are those things? What are the patterns that you always fall into the, the habits, the behaviors that always seem to be the reason that you fall off? Because X, Y, and Z happens. I feel like X, Y, and Z. And because I feel like X, Y, and Z, I always do X, Y, and Z and eat X, Y, and Z. What is that sequence of events for you? And usually there's more than just one, right? Usually there's a couple different avenues in which will lead, which will all lead to that overeating. So the first thing you need to know, and this is, I, I know in Fit Queen, in the Fit Queen community, we say this all the time. It's you just have to be 1% better. Okay. So if I'm talking to your soul right now, because you messed up today or yesterday, then all you need to do to feel better and get back on track is say the mantra, I need to be 1% better, right? Knowing it's just okay to be 1% better instead of 100% better, knowing that is the start. 1% better. Now you cannot stop there. Okay, that's not enough to get you back on track. It's enough to calm you mentally, which is very important in the moment, right? Okay, I just need to be 1% better the next time. I can take the pressure off. I can breathe. And I can think for a second. That's goal number one. And that's the bare minimum, which you should be doing going forward, either after one of those moments happens or during one of those moments or before one of them happens, because you know, you know, you're, you're going to be exposed to a trigger soon, right? This is going to be a really busy week at work. And that's when I get stressed and I look for quick, easy food when I get home, you know, blah, 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 etc. So mantra, 1% better, 1% better, 1% better. But you have to take it the step further. And this is where Fit Queens, uh, I find a lot of women fall short. What the heck is 1% better? What is your 1% better? Because saying 1% better makes you feel better. But then how can you actually be better? What does 1% look like to you? So you have to identify the patterns that you are constantly perpetuating. What are the one or two or three habits that are always the things that slip you up? And they almost always start the same. Same triggers, same emotions, same food, 
same pattern and then same nasty feeling by the time we finish the whole cycle. What are they? List them all, write them down, pump them up in your mind. How many do you have? Do you have one that always happens? Do you have five that reoccur? Do they happen every weekend? Does it happen on Wednesdays? Because it's halfway through the week and you lost motivation. Does it happen just on holidays? Like, what is it for you? You need to know your patterns. There are patterns there that you are always falling back into. It is not, oh my God, there's so much going wrong. Why can't I lose weight? It, there's not that much holding you back. It is the fact that there is a pattern that keeps happening. Figure out your patterns. Then what you have to do, you have to say for this specific situation, so you break, so let's say you've got five different patterns that always repeat. For each different pattern, you have to sit down and you have to say, okay, what does being 1% better look like for each of these? So let's say for my restaurant example, right? Where I'd normally have appetizers, entrees, and desserts. Okay, well, there's a couple different ways that I can be 1% better next time. The next time I know that I'm going out for a restaurant, let's say I went out last weekend and I wasn't proud of myself and I, and I ended up feeling really gross by the time I left. Okay, well, I'm going to do a restaurant again this weekend. Awesome, guess what that means? That is another test, another opportunity to try again and make myself proud. So what does actual a 1% better look like for me, for Madison? So for me, um, what that ends up looking like is I don't get an appetizer, right? I don't get an appetizer. I still get my entree and my desserts the same, but I don't get an appetizer, right? Or you can look at the menu beforehand and decide what you want so you're not impulse ordering food, right? What is, and you have to ask yourself, Am I, can I actually do this? Not because it sounds good and I wish I could do this. What is your actual 1%? Maybe you still do the appetizers, the entrees and the desserts, except now maybe you, uh, now you drink water instead of soda. Or maybe instead of your side of French fries, you do a side salad. Or maybe you, you know, you, you split everything with the person you're with right? Something like that. Like, what is your 1%? Like actually sit down and plan it out because, you know, it would be easy to say, okay, I'm going to go out this weekend. I'm going to just drink water and order a chicken breast with steamed vegetables and wild rice on the side. Yeah. Then when you're in the moment and those cravings call and you see everybody else ordering really yummy food and you can't hold back and you feel restricted and you feel left out and old habits, they come back in because old habits die hard. They die hard. They're still there. When you're in the moment, it is not realistic. So you can say to yourself, I just have to be 1% better. I just have to be 1% better. Food does not control me. I know to have a, I know how to have a good time without food. I am here for the experience, not just to stuff my face. What does 1% better look like? And figure that out, right? And same for um, when I used to do the movie nights, right? Beforehand, I would get two snacks and we'd watch two, two movies until you know midnight, 1 a.m., Right. So then I said, okay, my restriction was I'm going to get my snacks like usual, but I'm only watching one movie. And so just by cutting the time that I did it in half, I ate half the amount of food, right? Where you could say, okay, maybe I'm only going to get one snack instead of two. Or maybe I'm going to get a, a lower calorie snack today, right? I'm going to go with popcorn instead of chocolate, right? So those are the kind of things that you need to ask yourself. You need to first identify what it is that keeps throwing you off. Like what are these habits that you always fall back into because they're comfortable and they're automatic and you've now created a habit, right? The, the triggers may change, 
but the response to those emotions are now I have it. And your, your brain likes to follow that habit because it's easy and it makes you feel good. And then you have to say, you know, realistically, how can I be 1% better? So what you need to do, listening to me talk right now, if you really want to lose weight or you really want to overcome a habit that you're really embarrassed by or you really hate and that you really feel discouraged by every time you fall back into it because you just don't want to be a slave to it anymore, then you need to sit down and say in every single one of these situations, what does my 1% better look like? And then do it. And then after you do that, you sit with that new 1% for a while. Okay, maybe maybe I do it for two or three times in that cycle. Maybe I do it for a month, depending on how many times I repeat a cycle in a month. And then what you do, you say, okay, now this is really easy. This, this new 1% has become really easy and I don't have to think about it anymore. And then at that point, then you'd say, what is my new 1%? So you're constantly reassessing. So this way you can have confidence in knowing you are progressing. Instead of feeling guilty that you had the French fries, you can now say, I had the French fries, but I had less French fries. That is quantifiable progress. Feelings are not quantifiable. Feelings lead us astray. Feelings blind us. Feelings make us make irrational, quick decisions. When really, if you were no, if you knew you were making progress, if you could undeniably prove to yourself and show yourself that you've been making progress other than just a number on the scale, then it's a lot easier to keep going. There's a lot more motivation that you can pull from that instead of just saying, screw it, I don't think I'm seeing progress because I still ordered the French fries. Oh no, but look what you did last time. Now compare them. And that that could very well be the thing you are missing. The thing you are missing to just feel confident in your journey. You'll still be impatient. You'll still have your downs. You'll still have your doubts. But if you can always go back to this 1% and compare it, you will never doubt that you will eventually get to your goal. It is the thought that you will not get there. It is the loss of the light at the end of the tunnel that makes us lose steam. If you can pull steam from somewhere, you can keep going even if you are crawling. And that is what a lot of women are missing. And that's most likely what you're missing. That extra spark to push you when you need it most in the moment. Because you're not going to be perfect. I don't expect you to be perfect. And, I, and really, I don't want you to be perfect because in those imperfect moments, is when our flaws are revealed to us the most. And when we get revealed our flaws naturally to us, then we know exactly where our shortcomings are, our holes are. And then we know exactly where to focus. And that's enlightening. That's exciting. Instead of being discouraged because, oh my God, I've got so much wrong with me. Oh no, now I know where I need to work. Because we already knew you're not perfect. Why do we get discouraged when we are confronted with the things that make us not perfect? It's an opportunity to work on them. But only if you can quantify that you've been working on them, can you actually keep up the motivation to work on them, right? Knowing they're there, knowing you need to work on them, that's one thing. And then actually working on them is another. And working on them requires motivation. And then it requires discipline when motivation fades away. But discipline is much easier gained and used when you actually know that you are progressing forward. If you are struggling with discipline, it is because you do not have enough data 
to prove to yourself that yes, this is working, right? And most women just stick to the scale, right? And the scale, if you lose weight and you do the right program, yes, the scale should be moving very frequently. However, when it is not, or when you do fall into old habits and it makes you question everything, can I really do this? That is when you need the other things to give you the boost, to push you. And so that is something that I hope you take to heart, ladies. I hope this is a pretty simple tactic that you can use. And, you know, you can take that mantra, be 1% better to a new level by, by defining what does 1% mean to you. And that's, that's how you stay on track no matter what happens. No matter how hard you think you've fallen off or failed or slipped up or messed up or disappointed yourself, as long as you can say, nope, I'm going to be 1% better and this is what 1% looks like, game over. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. We get into our feelings. We talk ourselves out of it. We let ourselves down. And then we have to start all over again. Am I saying this is going to be fixed overnight? No. But I am saying you've been thinking it's going to get fixed overnight. You've been acting like it's going to get fixed overnight. And we're still here. And so maybe it's time to crawl a little bit first instead of trying to pop out of your chair and sprint. Because we're sprinting and we're getting far, but we're falling on our face, hurting ourselves and having to sit out and pause while that person who started crawling now passes you. Because you've been sitting out on the sidelines for so long. So it's a great way to take the pressure off yourself and enjoy the journey. If you found this podcast valuable, I hope you leave us a five-star review. And if you want to learn more about the Fit Queen way of weight loss, visit www.fitqueen.com. Thank you for listening and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss another episode.